Peckle Park, a new beginning. Let's go. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Baby said she wanna go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Mitchell and Ness with the old school name. All of the homies holler Padre gang. Yeah, that. And good day, everybody. Welcome to episode 163 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. I'm your host, Ben Fadden. Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. We have a lot to talk about. The Braves just took two out of three in Atlanta against the Atlanta Braves, who are the defending World Series champions. They're expected to be a postseason team this year. And despite the bullpen woes, yes, they were able to get the series win. And let's talk about it. Again, I am your host, Ben Fadden. There were three games. One of them was on Apple TV+, one was on Valley Sports San Diego, and another was on Peacock. The first one on Apple Apple uh, TV, it was free, but some still couldn't watch it, I guess, because they weren't an Apple iPhone user. And then the final game today, there were some that couldn't watch uh, because you actually had to pay for Peacock. I thought it was free, like it should be, uh, because there have been some events on that app that I have that I've that I've uh, used. I've used the app before, and I thought that some of those events were actually free to watch. I believe they were. I, I wasn't under any free trial or anything, but I log in today, try to watch the game, and you have to pay for it. So um, that was kind of the situation for some uh, fans out there. But nonetheless, the Padres got the series win. They win Friday 11-6. to They lose Saturday, but they win again today. On Sunday, in extra innings, in 11 innings, Nabil Chrismat was great. Joe Musgrove was great. And the two games that they won were against Max Freed and Kyle Wright, who were probably the two best pitchers in this series. Charlie Morton was good. I'm not going to say that he wasn't. But it, it, there was something different about Kyle Wright today. Like, he was, there was one point that he, was strike, that he struck out uh, six guys in a row. So he was pitching really, really well. Um, and I'm, I'm going live here. And if you're the podcast version recording, because I would just got home from the Wave game, you can see my jersey there. Uh, the Wave got the win. They're undefeated so far this year. That was fun to go to. Um, but we could start with Friday's game, then go Saturday's game, uh, Sunday's game, uh, and then talk about the Philadelphia series. There's some news about the rotation that I can talk about. Um, but before we get to Friday's game, Obviously, it was on Apple TV Plus, like I mentioned. Irie, I see that comment, Clutch Matt. That's a good name for Nabil Chris Matt. He was great today with those two innings that set up the Padres to take that lead today. Um, but episode 162 is out. That came out on Friday night, or yeah, Friday night after the Padres game on Apple TV Plus. I gave a little bit of a review of Apple TV Plus, their broadcast and all that, the good, the bad, what they can improve on. Uh, and I could talk about the pre the Peacock broadcast a little bit when we get to Sunday's game uh, to have my a little bit of Peacock review because I had an Apple TV Plus review. So if you're interested in that, feel free to go listen or watch episode 162 that is available now on this YouTube channel, on the Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all the podcast platforms. All right, starting with Friday's game, Padres win 11-6. to this was the game where Robinson Cano was activated. He did not play, but the Nemet was sent down. I gave me a reaction to that live on the pregame show before Friday's game. That just was when the news came down. That's just when it happened. So I gave me a reaction there. So there's a video up on this YouTube channel if you want to watch that uh, after this episode's over. Um, but my reaction about that was, I mean, it's not that big of a surprise, you know. He was that bad that they were running for. They were running with a seven-man bullpen this weekend, and he was sent down in favor of a 39-year-old who didn't get in that bat on Friday. You know, they could have used Lamet out of the bullpen on Friday, uh, if I remember correctly. I, I don't think he was pitching. I don't think he pitched back-to-back days because they had an off day Thursday, so he obviously wasn't. But they decided to send him down, and so they could have used him on Friday just in case because Cano wasn't going to get in that bat anyway. Um, but they didn't. They decided to send him down for a 39-year-old who just got dated and released by his former team, and that team is paying him over $30 million the next two years to not play for them. So that's a little bit of embarrassing, a little embarrassing for Lamette, just putting that in perspective. I mean, when you look at it, 
he did not deserve to be in this bullpen and pitching in high leverage situations, you know, and that was obvious. That's why he was pitching in games kind of with like Ray Kerr in games where they didn't have leads. The offense wasn't really doing anything. So you kind of felt confident that, Hey, let's put him out there. If he gives up runs, okay, he gives up runs. We're losing the game anyway. He did not go near a high leverage situation the last like four games. And his ERA was had skyrocketed, just not great. I had some of the stats uh, in my reaction video that's up on the YouTube channel now. Um, just alarming stats. And Nicholas here says, any ideas for bullpen arms? Uh, Nick Martinez is one. Mackenzie Gore is one. And we'll get, to, we'll get to Gore. There's a little bit of news that came out about him. And we'll get to that uh, kind of previewing the Philadelphia series after I talk about this Brave series. But Nick Martinez is a bullpen arm. That's an idea. Jose Castillo, uh, Michelle Baez, when they come back, uh, Adrian Mahone, Drew Pomerantz, Pierce Johnson, or Pierce Johnson not. He's on like the 60 days. Same with Austin Adams. So scratch Pierce Johnson's name out of it. But those are the guys that you're looking at right now, Nicholas. Um, but as for Friday's game in the bottom of the first, Jerks and Profar gunned out a runner after Azuna singled. Um, guys aren't going to, aren't learning, I guess. Guys stopped running on Profar for a little bit there, and then they came to run on him. So it seems like they're not really learning their lesson there, the Braves especially. Uh, in the top of the second, Jose Azokar had a sack fly, made it one nothing Padres in the bottom of the third. William Contreras hit a solo home run to right field. Um, that tied the game in the fifth. Atlanta intentionally walked Manny Machado to get to Eric Hosmer. I mean, walking Manny because of how hot he is, I can't say I'm against the decision. But it's not like Eric Hosmer of old is up, right? He's been playing really, really well. And he's probably, what, the, a top five, top ten NL MVP candidate right now if the season ended today. Obviously, it doesn't. There's still four months left, but you get my point. You're walking Manny to get to another good hitter. And Haas made him pay a two-RBI single to right, gave the Padres a 3-1 to one lead. Swanson then singled in the bottom of that inning, made it 3-2 Padres. Myers homer to center to extend the lead to 4-2. to two. Um, In the bottom of the sixth, there was a pop-up to right. This is where it kind of went wrong for the Padres. Myers ran a mile to go get the ball. He was deep already. He sprinted in, and Hosmer seemed like he was jogging out to the ball, and Cronenworth wasn't near it. So Hosmer was the closest to the ball. Myers was the farthest away, and guess what? He had to come in and sprint, and he should have caught the ball. But he ends up dropping it. I think Hosmer could have given a better effort on that play. And, you know, when Hosmer stops jogging, uh, that made it 4-4. Four to four. Two runs scored on that play. And then in the sixth, Darvish exited with two runners on. He pitched pretty well up to that. He only gave up two earned runs when you really think about it. Because those two runs that he gave up after that were because, or on that play, on the Myers play. That was not on Darvish. He got his pitch. He got the batter to hit a pop-up to right field, shallow right field. He did his job, but the the defense did not help him out there. Uh, Suarez came in, and he ended up choking it. The Braves took the lead 6-4. to four. Both of those runners that Darvish allowed, or when he came off the mound, uh, there were two runners on, both of them scored uh, on the three-run home run by Dansby Swanson. That made it 6-4. So just a really bad job. This was one of the two guys, him and Steven Wilson this weekend, that really made it harder for the Padres to end up winning this series, you know? And it's unfortunate that that happened, but I guess everyone's going to face some rough, rough, rough spots. Sorry, I can't talk right now. Rough spots. Everyone's going to face that. But it, it's just a matter of lessening the amount of times that, you know, those relievers are going to face those rough spots. And Steven Wilson right now, he's struggling, you know? It seems like he's being he's been overused a little bit at the beginning of the year, and kind of like how Tim Hill was overused a little bit at the beginning of last year. Obviously, it, they collapsed at the end of the year, but in terms of the beginning of the year, a bullpen arm being overused, that seems like that's what Stephen Wilson is right now. Because when you think about it, these first few weeks of the season, Bob Melvin has gone to, what, four guys? And Abil Chrismat just came in in the ninth today in a high-leverage situation. Uh, to get the ninth and 10th innings, get through those innings. So he had not been pitching in those high leverage situations. So before today, it was Luis Garcia, it was Steven Wilson, it was Robert Suarez, and it was Taylor Rogers, right? 
those were the pretty much the four guys that Melvin was going to and continuing to go to this year. And Suarez and Garcia had faced their rough spots until, you know, and Wilson and Rodgers had not really. So those were the two guys he was going to. And it, fe- it feels like Wilson has been a little overused. It's his first year in the big leagues. And they're catching up to that fastball. The fastball still has zip on it. And when he pitches pissed off, it still is really effective. But when you leave it over the middle of the zone, you know, it's the major leagues. Hey, guys are going to smash it, you know. Um, so 6-4 Braves was when, uh, after Suarez came in there in the sixth. Kim, though, bailed him out, hit that big three-run home run. He came out. He came up big in uh, today's game in the 11th. We'll get to that. But Kim with that home run in the seventh, made it 7-6 Padres. Myers had a sack fly, made it 8-6. And then Trent Grisham opened up the gates, totally blew the game open, made it 11-6 Padres in that top of the ninth inning. He was 0-15 going into that pinch hit at bat in the ninth. And it was so, so great to see him come out of it there. He had some better at-bats the rest of the series. I know he had a bad at-bat. I think it was late in the game today. But he had some good, good at bats, solid at bats this series, and it started on Friday with that pinch hit, uh, three RBI double, bases clearing double to totally open the waters there, open the floodgates, and end the game. Because Taylor Rogers ended up pitching that uh, ninth inning, I believe. Yeah, pitched that ninth inning, got the four out save because even though it was a five run game when he came in, in the uh, when he continued to pitch in the ninth. He came in in the eighth to get that final out when it was still a save situation. So he still gets the save, which is good on his stat sheet, you know, in his, um, you know, quest to the all-star game. Padres having back-to-back years with the closer in the all-star game. It seems like every year they have a closer in the all-star game because it's just a closer factory uh, for the San Diego Padres. It's just now, can the rest of the bullpen pitch that well, right? That's a question. Um but yeah, the Padres end up winning this game. Grisham, good sign there. Azokar had the sack fly earlier, and Darvish pitched well. My big takeaway is the Padres' ability this series to come back, right? They were punched in the gut a few times in the series. And they came back on Friday, and they were gut-punched uh, earlier today as well. There were some plays that didn't really help them out in this game today. Um and the offense, credit to them, they came back and they didn't give up. You know, they were down three nothing today, and they ended up com- coming back and winning the game. They were down after that Swanson home run on uh, Friday. Yeah, Friday, they were down six to four. They came back and w- won that game. I didn't know they didn't win Saturday, but when you're facing an Atlanta Braves team, am I worried about the bullpen? Sure, but you get the series win, and you got to be happy, right? go out with the series win. If you win every series, you're making the postseason and you're putting yourself in a really good position to win the division. You know, I know the Dodgers are there, but the Dodgers, they were, they won. I know they lost the last three games they played against the Phillies. Did they lose today? Just check here. No, they won today. All right. So the Padres were kind of able to capitalize on the Dodgers losing three out of four to the Phillies. The Padres won two out of three. It seemed like there for a little bit that the Padres were not going to be able to capitalize, sadly, but they got punched in the gut and they came back. You know, they came back. So you got to be proud of that. Um, so Padres won that Friday night game 11 to 6. On Saturday, they lost by one. They were 21 and 13 after this game. Pre-game, Trace Thompson cleared waivers and he elected free agency. Not a surprise. He got off to that great start in AAA, nine home runs. But at the end of the day, he came up at the big league level, and he struggled. He had that one hit in that Pittsburgh game, his first start. Then he didn't get a hit the rest of the time he was up here. So that was an easy send down when Myers was ready to come back uh, during that Chicago series last or this week at Petco. Um, and he ends up electing free agency. I think he saw the writing on the wall that, hey, Probably not going to get a whole lot of other chances. They'd rather have a Zokar up there than me. Um, you know, Myers is healthy now. Grisham is healthy, obviously. Uh, C.J. Abrams is probably a better option to be on this team than me anyway when C.J. is ready. Uh, they still have Nomar Mazzara and Brent Rooker in the minor leagues in AAA. So you probably saw the writing on the wall. Maybe there's a team out there that 
uh, will take him or he's just going to stay ready. And if there's an injury, a team will pick him up. Um, but I, I'm not too mad that Trace Thompson's not here anymore. It's not like I hated him, but he just didn't produce at the big league level after that Pittsburgh game. Um, so that was a little bit of news pregame Saturday. Padres ended up losing, like I mentioned, on Saturday, 6-5. to five. In the bottom of the first, Matt Olson hit a home run off of his former teammate, Shamanaya. Fastball middle of the plate, one nothing Braves. Not surprising there. That got a lot of A's Twitter, if there is one. Uh, some A's fans uh, a little conflicted in terms of who they should be rooting for, both former A's. In the bottom of the third, Ozzy Albies had an RBI double down the right field line that made it 2 nothing Braves. Shamanaya started this game for the Padres. He had a season-high nine strikeouts through three and two-thirds innings. He was really, really good. It was kind of like Kyle Wright today. It seemed like every guy that Manaya faced, he was striking him out. He had 10 strikeouts through four innings. Really, really good, and it just makes it that much more unfortunate that the Padres could not end up win, win. They couldn't end up winning this game on Saturday despite the amazing effort from Shamanaya. In uh, the fifth, Grish had an RBI double in the gap, made it 2-1 Braves. That was the first run that the Padres would score. They ended up scoring four more, if believe it or not. Uh, in the top, uh, excuse me, the top of the eighth, this is where the fielding, the errors, um, allowed the Padres to get back into the game and take the lead, right? Austin Riley had a fielder's choice error uh, past Ozzie Albies. That made it 4-2 to two Padres, two runs scored there. In the eighth, as well, continuing, Hosmer beat out a grounder, so uh, he used his wheels, any that he has, um, to beat out that grounder. That scored a run. Um, Let's see here. And then, you know, so they're up five to two. Manaya walked the first battery face in the eighth, and he ends up going seven innings, three earned runs, six hits, two walks, struck out 12, gave up that home run to Matt Olson, but. When you have a quality start like that, you should win the game, and the Padres didn't win the game. Especially you should win the game when your starting pitcher, Shamanaya, pitches that well. And then on top of it, the other team gives you the lead because of their their bad defense, you know? Um, Olsen, I forgot to mention, Olsen totally pulled a Bill Buckner that continued that eighth inning for the Padres to get that 5-2 lead. That was funny to watch. It's funny to watch the other team's defense totally explode and not yours. Um, so that was cool, fun to see. Kind of, I was laughing the whole time that was happening. Um, but in the bottom of the eighth, here comes the Atlanta Braves. Here Wilson coming into the game, and Ryan Christensen, he was patient with Stephen Wilson, and he was too patient with Stephen Wilson. I was saying this on my post-game reaction. Um, why the heck was Stephen Wilson left in this game? After he gave it the Marcelo Zuna home run, I think that was like the fifth batter Ozuna had, or that Wilson had already faced. And so you give that home run up. He clearly does not have it. It was a three run home or two run home run. He already allowed a base runner before that. Um, I think, right. Or was that, that might've been Manaya's runner. Anyway, he still gave up the home run. He had, did not have it. And then he let him face Darno, who he hit. And then, then especially there, right. In that eighth inning, when Wilson gives up a home run, he hits Darno. He clearly doesn't have it. Pull the guy. He's already faced his three batters. He does not have it. You know? And the game's tied, right? Get out of it tied. Go to the next inning. Get out of it tied, and maybe you can go win this game. But nope. He leaves Ryan Christensen, the interim bench coach, leaves Stephen Wilson in. Uh, and Austin Riley makes the Padres pay. RBI double in the left center field gap. That made it 6-5 Braves, and that ended up being the final score. I don't understand why Ryan Christensen left Steven Wilson in the game when he was struggling. If anyone in the chat knows, please let me know. I think Chris Matt, if I remember correctly, Chris Matt was warming up. Didn't he, didn't he come in the game after to get the third out, and he pitched like two pitches or something like that? So it seemed like he was ready. So why was he left in the game? That made no sense when he was obviously not there. And people can make the argument, you know, Stephen Wilson, he's been great for the team this year, and he has the majority of the year. But that goes out the window when you're pitching bad in a game. I'd say this about Taylor Rogers. It's about winning that game that day. You know, and yeah, it's one of 162, but it's about winning that game 
that one day, and Stephen Wilson did not pitch was not pitching well yesterday. He was not pitching well that one day. So throw his good season out the window so far. Throw it out the window and bring someone else in who is probably going to pitch better than Stephen Wilson was yesterday. And that didn't happen, and then ended up costing the Padres the game. They were given that game. Shamaniah had 12 strikeouts. The Braves had errors all over the place in that top of the eighth inning that gave the Padres the lead. You have to capitalize. You have to win that game. Yeah, we won the series, but those are games, the Pittsburgh game, the Cleveland game, where Naylor and Hedges tied that game up, and then uh, Quan had the walk-off. The Arizona game, opening day, those are games you should win. You have to win those game if, games if you want to end up being right there with the Dodgers at the end of the year for the division and maybe might even end up being might end up costing the Padres in terms of like home field advantage in the wild card series. But you got to have those games when they're giving to given to you. I saw, I saw people snarkily is snarkily a word snarkingly on Twitter replying to me in my post game reaction about how, okay, if they're down one, nothing, then that's a game they should have won. They should be 30 and zero or whatever. So they said something to that effect. It's like, no, that's not my point, ding dong. That's not my point. My point is the games that you actually should win, where it's late in the game, you have the lead, the other team gave you the lead, especially in this scenario, those are the games you should win. I'm not saying when you're down one nothing to the Reds in the first inning because Tommy Pham hit a home run. I know they ended up winning that game, but for example, when they end up losing that game, I'm not saying, okay, you should have won that game. No, I'm not saying that. You know, I'm being nice about that part. I'm saying when it's late in the game like this, eighth inning, you enter the eighth inning with a three-run lead and you end up losing. That's not acceptable. You know, and part of it is because Ryan Christensen did not pull Steven Wilson when it was clear that he was struggling. So those are my thoughts. That was that that game sucked to lose. The Padres lose that one six to five. They moved on to Sunday's game on Peacock. They ended up winning this game seven to three. Um before I don't want to forget. Um, so just a quick review of this Peacock pod, uh, podcast. This is a podcast, the Peacock broadcast. One, didn't like that people had to pay for it unless you used an illegal stream, and I know some people did that. Um, but paying for a 8.30 a.m. game between the Potters and Braves, that's stupid. You shouldn't pay for it. You know, you're obviously, you're already getting the premium rights or whatever from Major League Baseball. You get all these commercials that you can put in there, all the advertising and all that, all of the NBC Peacock shows or whatever that you're advertising during the game. You don't need to have people pay for it, especially the first year that you're doing it. Don't you want people to be watching the game and being interested and tuning into the Peacock broadcast and saying, oh, I like this. I want to tune in. You know, Apple TV Plus, at least the the uh, the uh, broadcast this year is at least free or the start of this season, it's at least free. Thank you for that. But Peacock, making people pay for it? Come on. You know, making people share passwords? Come on. And I think there was a limit to the amount of logins you could have to a Peacock account. Um, so I saw people on Padres Twitter. They were saying, hey, all right, I'm out of login. Sorry. Hope you guys can find another login. But that that sucks. That shouldn't happen. Um, and then as for the broadcast itself, I think it was a better broadcast in, than the Apple TV Plus broadcast. Partly because they had a Padre guy in Mark Sweeney and they had a Braves guy in Andrew Jones. So it wasn't like the Apple TV Plus broadcast where you had a play-by-play -play guy or girl and then you had in Melanie Newman and then you had Brian Jordan or whatever his name is. You had one Braves analyst as the color analyst. You didn't have anyone. You didn't have any Padres representative in there. So it was pretty clear that you had a lot of well, maybe not a lot, but you had, you, you definitely had, oops, sorry. You definitely had, I'm trying to block this spammer block block. I hit the wrong button. All right. It's not fair for the Padre fans to have a Braves guy and not a Padres guy. That didn't really make sense to me. It's not like, it's not like Sweeney was in the building or wasn't in the building. He was there in Atlanta. Um, so I didn't like that about, the Apple TV Plus broadcast, I liked that about Peacock, is that they had one from each team. I thought that they definitely rode Andrew Jones a lot during the broadcast. I know that he's better than Mark Sweeney, uh, but 
that that kind of sucked to see Sweeney in the Dodger uniform and um, talking about them as teammates as a, as Dodgers when it's a Padre Braves game. Uh, maybe that's being picky, uh, but I like Jason Benetti. I like him. He's good. Um, I didn't know who the sideline reporter is. Never heard of him. Uh, but Nick Swisher was in there for a little bit talking with uh, the sideline guy, the dugout reporter. Um, overall, I mean, the cameras for both the Apple TV Plus and the Peacock, I thought they were pretty good. Uh, you know, the 4K cameras, they're better than the Bally Sports cameras. Uh, the mic'd up that they had with Hosmer was hilarious. Hosmer saying that Andrew to, Aaron, to Andrew Jones, Profar's had enough pictures, but Snell wants one. I think he said someone else too, but he, they want a picture with you. That was funny uh, after the game. That was funny. Uh, but during the game, and then I posted on the Twitter, the TikTok, the Instagram, and this YouTube page, I think, a video of Hosmer cussing. There was one point where the Braves dugout was giving Hosmer a lot of crap. Uh, well, the S word, but giving him a lot of crap. I don't think I can cuss on here. On YouTube, I can, but not on the podcast part of it, I don't think. Um, but uh, that was funny to see Hosmer cuss there. Because um, he was just being his own self. And he was like, oops, sorry, crap. Um, but just he was just being himself. And Jason Benetti was like, yeah, this is on the internet. I think you're cool. That was a kind of funny moment. But then they lost connection. And so that kind of sucked. I, I, as much as I've hated on Hosmer because of his play, again, clear. I, I want to make this clear. I'm not hate. I've never hated on him based on his like personality and all that. You know, he was cool the one time I met him for an autograph. That was cool. He was cool. He seems like the best teammate ever, according to Chrono Earth and Machado and everyone that's talked to beat writers. But I've only, you know, talked to him or talked about him badly in terms of his play. When he's playing well, he's the best guy out there. You know, him and Manny, good teammates, playing well. That's that's what we asked for, you know. The last four years, you've made $80 million in base salary. You've earned less than $5 million of that salary based on, like, war, according to Fangraphs' value metric. you got to play better. And now that he's finally playing better, good. Uh, and so the conversation that they were having on that broadcast, I like that. I think that they should have uh, tried to reconnect it, or if they didn't, if they couldn't connect it, that's a shame. But they, in the middle of it, in the middle of – the interview, the mic'd up interview, uh, the connection cut out. So that was a little sucky. But overall, I thought the Peacock broadcast was pretty good. Uh, I thought it was better than the Apple TV Plus because they didn't – I think they were more accurate on things than the Apple TV Plus broadcast was. Like the Apple TV Plus broadcast, they had Melanie Newman – or not Melanie Newman, just the broadcast it's, or the graphics. They had Fernando Tatis Jr. injuries, and they put COVID on there. Little stuff like that. And then Melanie Newman pronouncing ha Sun Kim's name wrong, saying ha Seong Kim. Uh, yeah, I think that's how she said it. Just little stuff like that. But I thought the Peacock one was better, but it should have been free. You can't make people pay for it when they're already getting up at 8.30 in the morning to watch the game. That's, mad. that's messed up. All right, getting to the game. Did my little rant there. Getting to the game. All right, Padres won this one 7-3. Wasn't sure that they were going to win it. Uh, because the Braves were up three to nothing uh, through four. Joe Musgrove pitched really, really well. It seemed like he was uh, striking out a good amount of guys. Both pitchers, Kyle Wright was the one that was striking out more guys. Struck out six in a row at one point. Uh, but in the bottom of the second, it was a pitcher's duel. You know, Myers in the bottom of the second. Uh, had a lackadaisical throw into Robinson Cano on a single at second base. Uh, and Cano could not pick it. He might have been a little lackadaisical on it as well. And Dansby Swanson took advantage of it and scored the Braves' first run. And then it was 3-0 after Dansby Swanson hit a two-run home run. So he he was a big player offensively in the series, especially on Sunday for the Braves. Obviously, they didn't win. Um, in the top of the fifth, this is where the Padres' comeback starts. Padres scored on a bad throw on a pickoff attempt to first. So Again, capitalizing on the defensive mistakes, and today, actually, they end up coming through, which is great to see. Uh, that made it 3-2 Padres, uh, 3-1, and then Profar doubled to start off the seventh to kind of prove that Kyle Wright was human, right? Uh, doubled in the right center field gap. 
and then Will Myers singled him into center. Myers was pretty good this series. You know, I thought he was pretty good. Um, tied the game in the seventh. Nola sack fly that tied it. Scored Will Grisham had a fly out to the warning track to end the inning. Man, I thought that was going out. That would have been a huge series for Grisham coming in huge, coming up big on Friday with that pinch hit situation, and then coming up today with that home run. That would have been huge. Uh, but it was a fly out to the warning track. Chris Matt then came in uh, in the ninth and the tenth. If we fast forward a couple innings. And he was huge in this game, those two innings. My goodness, he was huge in those two innings. Like, I don't know if the Padres would have won this game if they didn't, um, if Chris Matt did not pitch that well in the ninth and the tenth inning. Uh, he goes two innings, didn't give, did not give up a run, including the tenth inning when there was a runner on second base. He struck out four of the six of four of the six outs. Four of them were strikeouts to get through that ninth and the tenth. To get to the top of the 11th where the Padres put it on the Braves, scored four runs in the 11th, and then Taylor Rodgers obviously ended up getting the save. Um, Well, not the save because it was four runs. They won by four, but you know what I mean. He came in in the 11th inning and ended the game. He got the hold, if that's what they call it, in a non-save situation. He closed out the game. Uh, In the 11th there, Kim had that big RBI double. He nearly homered earlier in this game for any of you guys that watched the game. Uh, and then Profar scored on a fielder's or fielder's choice, scored a run. And then Myers, uh, I think he scored two. Maybe, no, I think that was one. I think the Profar fielder's choice was two. But those guys contributed to those four runs scored in that 11th inning. And Musgrove, six innings, two runs, 99 pitches, gave up four hits, walked three. That's more than what he usually gives up. Uh, six strikeouts, gave up that one home run uh, to Dansby. But... I thought overall the starting pitching in this series was pretty dang good. You Darvish really only gave up two runs in that first game uh, because that was before the Myers error, right? Uh, they called it a hit because they were in Atlanta. They're trying to be friendly to their hitters, but that was an error. You got to catch that ball. Hosmer, I think, probably should have caught the ball. Um, and then on Saturday, Manaya pitched well. It seemed like he was striking out everyone. Uh, and then Kyle Wright seemed like he was striking out anyone today, everyone today. And then on the Padres side of things today, Musgrove, another quality start, six innings, two earned runs. That slider, I could watch that slider on those strikeout sliders. I could watch that thing all day long. My goodness. There were some sliders that got away from him, but that happens to everyone. You know, Taylor Rogers the other night, uh, what was that? The Chicago series. I think that was Tuesday night or when Tuesday night against Chicago, uh, when he, was throwing sliders like 10 feet outside. So missing location happens to everyone. Um, But a big takeaway was the starting pitching from this series and the guy's ability to battle back, get punched in the gut and get knocked down, get back up and end up winning this series despite the bullpen, right? You got to be worried about the bullpen when Steven Wilson, these last few uh, games, he just has not had it. And then Robert Suarez, obviously, was saved by Hassan Kim on Friday. You just you just wonder, man. It's just it's concerning. I know it's it's a long season, but you don't have Austin Adams. You're relying on Chris Matt, who is a long man, right? He is a long man, is supposed to be a long man in this bullpen, and you're relying on him to get through two high, high leverage situations today to just get it to the 11th where the Padres scored those four runs. you know, Just get it there. It took a long man. And that's where the bullpen is. I mean, I know they have a seven-man bullpen right now because they had they sent down Lamette to bring Cano back, and that bullpen works will probably expand when Nick Martinez probably moves to the bullpen and Gore for this uh, series probably against the Phillies, and we'll get to that. But the high-leverage guys that they've been leaning on, Suarez and Wilson recently, haven't pitched as well, you know, in the last seven days. So he's remember Wilson started off the season really, really hot, but in the last seven days in three games, he has a nine ERA in three innings. He's given up a home run, three earned runs, and he's only struck out two, right? His whips over one, uh, two wild pitches. So remember that strikeout, he was going to that fastball for the strikeouts, you know, when he was pitching really well to start the season. And that it doesn't seem like the fastball's getting to a lot of guys right now. Um, so that, that would be my one worry. But 
I, I think everyone, um, everyone faces those ups and downs during the season. You know, it's a long season. You, you can't get too bogged down in one appearance, but it it's happened for the first or the last few appearances for Wilson. That that's what I would say there. Um, but my main takeaways, like I mentioned, the starting pitching and the ability to bounce back. Um, all right, let's get to the Philadelphia preview on Tuesday. So they have an off day tomorrow on Monday, and then a three-game series against the Phillies. They got Mike Clevenger, Blake Snell, and you Darvish. Clev on Tuesday, Snell on Wednesday, Darvish on Thursday. According to Kevin AC, uh, I think it was before today's game, he said that on Twitter. So you might be wondering, hey, where the heck is Mackenzie Gore? They just gonna snip? They're just gonna skip Gore and have Darvish pitch Thursday? Well, yeah, I thought that Snell was gonna pitch Tuesday, but pitching Wednesday probably giving him an extra day of rest. So Mackenzie Gore is going to be skipped this uh, time through the rotation. And according to Kevin AC, will probably pitch out of the bullpen before his next start. I don't know when that next start is going to be. Will it be, uh, when, when would that be? The Milwaukee series? Would that, it might be then? Or the San Francisco series? It might be the Milwaukee series if they're totally skipping his whole way through the rotation and then they have to go all the way around back to his spot. So it might be all the way till then. Um, but yeah, so they're going to skip Gore. But I, I like this move because that means you get Darvish pitching in this Philadelphia series. Um, and then you get Clev, obviously. You get Snell pitching in this Philadelphia series. You get to see him there. So that's all good, getting Snell's return back in the rotation. And then with Gore, I like it because this is a sneaky way to kind of start saving some innings skipping a start when you have plenty of starters healthy right now. You never know what's going to happen later in the year. Maybe some starters get hurt. Um, something happens, dead arm, you never know, and then you're going to need Gore to go back in the rotation. But right now, when Darvish and Musgrove and Manaya and Clev and Snell and Martinez even, they're all healthy, might as well try to sneak some innings and save some innings, you know? So I like this move. The opportunity, seizing the opportunity to give Gore a little bit of rest. Pitching out of the bullpen, I don't know what they mean by that. Uh, if, if it's just one inning or if he means like three innings and something like that. I would, unless the bullpen's in like really bad trouble, I would really, really try to take advantage of this. And if you're going to pitch him out of the bullpen to stay sharp, make it one or two inning appearances max. And then you can have him go throw in the bullpen if you need him to. Um, or, well, no, because that counts as pitches. But so scratch that. But one or two innings at max, you can have him throw still, but not pitch in those, you know, big spots. That would be my thinking. If you're not going to have him start right now, save those innings. Really save those innings because you're going to need him late in the season, I, I like, or in the middle of the season. Blake Snell hasn't stayed healthy all year. Darvish didn't stay healthy all year last year. Musgrove was the only guy that stayed healthy all last year, you know? Um, so that's my thoughts on Gore not being in the rotation this time through. It seems like he's going to be in the rotation the next time through. So that's good. Um, but Clev on Tuesday, Snell on Wednesday, and you Darvish on Thursday. The Phillies just took three out of four against the Dodgers. They did lose today. Five to four, but they are 17 and 18. Bryce Harper has a torn UCL, I believe. He's not going to throw for like four weeks, but that does not matter. That has not held him back at all because guess what? He continues to rake. I mean, just looking at his baseball reference page right now, he's obviously, I think, leading the Phillies in uh, hitting. His wars are almost at a, a one and a half already. He's hitting over 300 at 305. He's driven in almost 30 runs. League average OPS plus is 100. His OPS plus is 182. His OPS, his OPS, not OPS plus, his OPS is nearly 1,000. Slugging percentage over 600. On base percentage over 360. Nine bombs already. So he is carrying this team hurt. And maybe that's a scary sight for the Padres. I heard something. Manny has seven home runs, by the way. So uh, Harper has two more than Manny does. but just to put in perspective, and he's dealing with a torn UCL. Um, but with Harper, I did see that he might miss 
Monday's or Tuesday's game. I think he's getting some type of injection maybe tomorrow or something, and he's going to miss – well, they have the off day tomorrow, so that's not a big deal, but he might miss the first game. If he does, whew, thank you. That, that would be big. Harper is one of my favorite players, if not my my absolute favorite player in the league. Um, people that know me personally, they know that. Uh, I was a fan with him when he was with the Nationals. Um, and so while I'd love to see him, I can watch him on MLB.tv. I don't need him to, I don't need to see him, uh, facing the Padres starters or relievers the way that the bullpen is right now. So that's where the Phillies are right now. Their situation, uh, took three out of four from the Dodgers and the Padres took two out of three from the Braves. So that is always good if you're a Padres fan. And in the standings right now, hopefully these are updated. The Padres are tied for the Dodgers for first place at 22 and 13, and the Dodgers are 21 and 12. So they've played less games. They have one less win, but they have one less loss. Uh, They're technically in first over the Padres in terms of winning percentage. They're at 636. Padres are at 629. And every team in the National League West right now, from the Dodgers all the way down to the Rockies, is at least at a 500 record, 500 record or better. The Rockies are three and seven in their last 10 games, and they're still at 500. The Rockies are in first or last place, excuse me, in the National League West, and they're four and a half games back of the Dodgers. Four and a half games. So this this bull, this uh, bullpen, this division is really, really good. Dodgers, Padres, Giants are a game and a half back, uh, two games back in the win column of the Padres. The Diamondbacks even 18 and 17 over 500. Uh, they are four games back. They are six and four in their last 10. Same as the Padres in our last 10 games. So this division, the Rockies, I believe they're going to fall off. The Diamondbacks, I believe they're going to fall off. But the Dodgers, Padres, and Giants, this is going to be another season where three teams might be able to make the postseason this year out of the National League West, especially when you consider that they added another playoff team. So, yeah. So, all right. So, that's the Padres Brave series, the Philadelphia preview. That series starts Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then Bob Melvin is trying to be back after his surgery. He had surgery already, but he's recovering. He's back, I think, for the Giants series before they come back home. So that's good news uh, for Bo Mel. Um, and now we can get to some comments. As I scroll up here to get through these comments from the late, uh, the earliest comments to the latest if you have any questions, any comments, make sure to put those in there right now uh, before we get out of here. Uh, this episode, episode 163 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show is brought to you by Gaglione Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries located inside Petco Park uh, at their Mission Gorge location, at their Point Loma location. You can visit gaglionebros.com to view their entire menu. Great garlic fries, great cheesesteaks. I, I like the cheesesteak with the whiz. I had that uh, my first day back in San Diego on a Wednesday. Fortunately, the Padres lost at Petco when I had that that day. Um, but saw Luke Voigt have those two home runs, so that was cool. In his return game, it seemed like. I mean, his, his return to good hitting game, I'll put it that way. All right, going all the way up to the top of the chat here. For the people that were here the earliest, thank you so much for tuning in here live. And for the podcast peeps, thank you so much for tuning in as well. Obviously recorded. All right. David asks, we have a donation. I have to get to 1,000 subscribers on this YouTube channel. So try not to continue to barrage you guys. Please subscribe to this YouTube channel. Please subscribe to this YouTube channel. But if you want to make donations, I've seen many people ask about it. Please subscribe to this YouTube channel to get me to those 1,000 subscribers. Again, it's daily Padres content. I'm not doing this for the money. I'm not. I don't get paid to do any of the daily pregame shows or anything like that. I don't do it for the money. I do it because I love talking with you guys. I love talking Friars, talking Padres baseball. Um, Love doing the interviews and all that. So I don't do it for the money. I, I just know some people like to donate and support. So please subscribe to this YouTube channel. Uh, to get to those 1,000 subscribers and to enjoy this Padres content that I put out on a daily basis. Every single day, something will go out. Even on off days, something will go out. 
All right, let's keep going through the comments here. Frank says, bullpen is rough, but so are the Phillies, so we can capitalize there. But a great job fighting for the guys this past series. Should have been a sweep, but two out of three ain't bad. Couldn't set it better, Frank. Yep, I agree. Should have won yesterday. The bullpen, or not the bullpen, the Braves' defense totally put the Padres with the lead, and they couldn't capitalize because Stephen Wilson wasn't on his game. Ryan Christensen left him in, even though there was someone else warming up. So, yeah, they lost it themselves. They lost it themselves. Irie says, how is Ryan Weathers doing in AAA? Um, let me see here. I think he's been doing better as of late. This year in El Paso, oh, he has a 6.52 ERA in 29 innings. He's given up six homes, 14 walks, 20 strikeouts. So 14 walks, 20 strikeouts, you'd like that ratio to be better. Um, and I think, to be honest right now, he's probably in like the Pedro Avila, Reese Kinnear category. Like if you need him, he'll come up. But with all the starting options, seven starters right now for five spots or six spots, it seems like they're going with the six man uh, for at least now. And you have Chris Matt there as a long man and stamina, it's going to be hard to come up to be a starter. So I think he's just a depth piece right now, to be honest. Uh, Iris says, Stephen Wilson might not be hiding his pitches as well, kind of like Ryan Weathers uh, is starting to. Seems like they know what's coming. I, I just think maybe it's overused. I haven't looked at his velocity. Maybe it's down a little bit and just pitches are over the plate. That's what it is. But the fastballs, I think, is still like 97. It's just he's leaving the pitches over the plate a little bit. That's all. Just scrolling through these comments here. John says, you see the MLB app shows scheduled starters, Clev, Snell, Darvish. I know it's not official, but do you think the Padres may be moving into a five-man? For this Philadelphia series, it seems like that's what's happening. Um, I did go over that. I know these are kind of older comments here that were happening uh, as I was talking uh, about this series and stuff. But yeah, so it's going to be Sn Clev, Snell, Darvish. Gore's not pitching this time through. They're putting him in the bullpen for probably just this time through before his next start, according to Kevin Acey. And we'll see what happens from there. I think it's smart. Saves him some innings a little bit while all of the other guys in the rotation are healthy because that's not a guarantee the rest of the year. All right, let's see here. Sochi says, I don't see why we don't make Gore and Martinez long men once Snell comes back. Who cares if they are quality starters? We need to win games in our first World Series, whatever it takes for that championship. Well, yeah, I kind of alluded to that. That's what's going to happen with Martinez. I don't think he's going to be a starter unless for like a spot start here and there. I think he'll be in the bullpen, kind of like a Chris Matt role. Even though he's pitching well, but Klebs a starter. Snell's a starter. Darvish is a starter. Musgrove's a starter. Manaya's a starter. There's your five, you know? And then Gore, I think he's better as a starter than as a reliever. Uh, we haven't seen him as a reliever, but you would imagine that the Padres would want their top pitching prospect to be where he's most comfortable and where he's pitched and where they want him to be long-term. Uh, Ramon says, got to get some reinforcements in the bullpen, but the starting pitching's on point. Got some absolute horses. Trade Blake Snell and get a left fielder and or a lights-out bullpen arm. Uh, I disagree with trading Blake Snell right now. I think it's too early. We saw with Gore, right? Ruben Niebla has really helped Mackenzie Gore and, like, fixed Mackenzie Gore. And so I'm not going to give up on Blake Snell. I think that can happen. That last spring training start was much better than the previous one. Obviously, he got hurt while warming up in that Arizona before that Arizona start. I would not give up on Blake Snell right now. And obviously, when it's this early in the season, injuries can happen. Injuries are going to happen. I, they just are. A rotation does not stay healthy the entire season. It just doesn't, uh, especially with how hard guys are throwing now and all that. Um, so I think that it's too early to trade Snell. 
I get your point, getting a left fielder and all that, but uh, I just think it's too early to do that. Maybe later in the year when guys are staying healthy or, you know, Baez and Morahone and um, who else? Jose Castillo, maybe when they're back, maybe you think about it, because I know it's not the cheapest contract, Snell's, but right now it's too early. Hawkeye Digger says, with Manaya at almost 100 pitches, why not send Wilson out with a clean inning? Not that it's an excuse, but still. Uh, you're talking about yesterday's game? Yeah, I can see that, but I don't think bringing him in in the middle of or after Manaya couldn't get out, get couldn't get that first out in the eighth. I don't think bringing uh, Wilson in in the middle of the inning is the reason why he sucked yesterday. I think he just sucked. He sucked because he sucked. He left pitches over the plate. That's the reason. I don't think it was because oh he wasn't comfortable coming in the middle of the inning. I'm sure he's done that this year. I don't have it at the top of my head, but I'm sure he's done it this year. Um. So I understand the point, but it's also not an excuse for Wilson for pitching bad yesterday, you know. My mom says, our left fielder is a league leader in assists. Yeah, when are they going to stop running on that guy? Profar wants him to continue running, obviously, because he keeps throwing him out. Gil says, Jace Tingler's evil spirit still roams our dugout. Only explanation for sending Manaya out there for the eighth. I'm not really against sending Manaya out there for the eighth. I'm really not, to be honest. How many pitches did he throw? 104 pitches. So he's 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 been in that area before this year, you know? And he's done pretty well when they've extended him. I'm not really mad at that. Okay, he didn't get the first guy out. Okay. Still, it's not an excuse. Steven Wilson could have still gotten out of it. Or Steven Wilson could have, you know, not given up a home run, a hit batter, and a double, right? He gave up a home run, right? The RBI single by Albies is what I'm thinking about. He still couldn't have, he still could have came in and not done that. So I'm not really against leaving the starters out there. They've been good. The bullpen is what's shaky. So you want your bullpen coming in, or do you want your starter to give your starter a chance to continue pitching? Right now, I, I continue trying to give the starter a chance. So that's just me. But, again, I'm not Ryan Christensen. I'm not the manager. I'm not the coaching staff. I'm not A.J. Preller. But I am someone that watches every game, I guess. That's all I am. Um, all right. I think this will do it. Episode 163 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. I am Ben Fadner, host. Trying to get an interview locked down this week. Maybe a couple, actually. The Philly series starting on Tuesday. Thank you so much for watching and listening. I hope you subscribe to this YouTube channel for daily Padres content. Turn on those post notifications so you don't miss a video. All right. Have a good one, everyone. Enjoy the night. And I'll see you later.